am counting the days until I am recovered from the back surgery and can get to the Artichoke Cafe and sit across the table from our podcast guest. That will be on August 16. And it will also mark the return to Portland for a visit by Reggie Houston, who moved back to New Orleans a couple of years ago. Today marks a Skype return to Portland by jazz guitarist composer Margaret Slovak, who has had an odyssey which includes eight surgeries on her hand, arm, and shoulder. She has a new album called Ballad for Brad, Brad being her husband. They live in Austin, Texas. It's a long journey and it's not over. Welcome back, Margaret Slovak. Well, Margaret Slovak, it's been a long time. It has been a long time, Tom. You're in Texas? I am in Austin, Texas. Wow. The long story, but it's really good to hear your voice. (laughs) It has been a long time. It might have been, I don't know what the last time we saw each other, but it might have been that that, that CD release concert of yours that we we put on television. Well, actually, um, you did an article on me when I was leaving. Oh, yeah. And... Oh, gosh, yeah. that would have been October of 2008. Yeah. Kind yeah. of appropriate, because I think you, you interviewed me. I was in my apartment full of boxes, <laughs> you know, packing. And right now, actually, my husband and I are getting ready to move to a different rental house, and I'm surrounded by boxes right now, so it's appropriate. But oh, I think that would have been like either late September, early October of 2008. That's when I left Portland. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we, and you, you wrote this lovely article on me when I when I moved away. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, anyway, so um, with all the stuff that's going on, you have a record. Yes, finally, it's my first um, recording since New Wings, which was in two thousand five. And that's when we did the TV piece. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for that too. And you, hmm. you did the OPB organ art beat piece, and you yeah. filmed the release concert. Didn't, um, you, didn't you ask me to MC for you that day? Yes, I did. Yeah, you were, yeah. It was out of Merrillhurst <laughs> University, yeah. which I understand is no longer Merrillhurst University. It's no longer yeah. there, but um, it was in their chapel, and you you did a great job of, of MC. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so but at that time you, you thought you might be recovered, but you really weren't, were you? Yeah, that's true. Because I at that time, you know, I'd had the car accident in January two thousand three. I had two surgeries in Portland, one on my hand and one on my shoulder. And thinking those two surgeries would cure everything, I, um, you know, I decided to move back to New York, which is where I'd been before I moved to Portland in mm-hmm. 1993. Um, and so I went back to New York, you know, full of hope. And um, the condition of my right hand, my arm, just continued to diminish month by month, mm. even though I'd had those two surgeries and I did all the PT faithfully um and it just got worse and worse and i ended up finding this amazing doctor at that time he was at um nyu hospital his name is steve k lee Mm -hmm. and um we spent about a year where he tried to unravel what was going on (laughs) before we did any surgery and it was great because he was also a guitar player wow and so he understood you know how much it, it i needed all of my fingers on my right hand to work and all the things that were involved in playing an instrument. In fact, I I would drag my guitar into the appointments and play for him and show him what I could and couldn't do and what was going on. And mm-hmm. um, So the first year, we just tried, we did a lot of testing, we did a lot of some physical therapy and other treatment. And um, 
it didn't really help. So actually over a period of, I think between 2006 to 2014, Dr. Lee did six more surgeries. On oh my me. God. Um, one more on my hand, one on my wrist, three on my arm. And the biggest one, which we, we finally determined was the, the biggest injury that was causing most of the problems was the uh, nerve injury in my brachial plexus on the right side. Those are the nerves underneath your collarbone that pass from your neck, under your collarbone, uh -huh. into your arm and into your hand. And I had, I had an injury there that just, it was getting worse and worse and worse. And um, I had that surgery in um, 2014. Actually, I had already moved to Austin, but I went back to New York to have a surgery with them. Thankfully, the Obamacare policy I was on then allowed me to go out of state right. and um, gave me great coverage at that time. But yes, yeah, so I had eight more or six more surgeries, a total of eight. And um, even after that last big surgery on the brachial plexus, which was a whopper of surgery, and um, you know, I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. It's a long story and a long recovery period. It really took about boy, I would say five or six years after that surgery to see the full benefit for the nerves to regenerate and heal. And it, it, it I didn't really even feel ready to record again until 2019. Um, hmm. So one of the reasons for the long pause in recording, but it's it's a long story. I mean, to how I got from Portland to Austin, <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to try to tell you a little bit about that too. But yeah, the, the, that's a long answer to your question. But yeah, I thought when I left Portland in 2008 and had those two surgeries that that was everything was going to be perfect and I'd be able to resume my career. But I, you know, it really took another, um, you know, almost 10, 11 years of six more surgeries and hundreds of PT appointments and more retraining and more, you know, this and that. But you know, it's not 100%, but I'm finally to the point where I can actually play with my right-hand fingers again. Wow. Uh, previously, I had just I had adopted to just doing everything with a pick. You know, before the mm -hmm. car accident, I was probably a 75% fingerstyle player, 25% using a pick. Mm -hmm. And after the accident and my, you know, my hand just not working, um, the right-hand finger's not working because of the nerve injuries, I gradually just went more and more to I was using the pick 100%. And that's fine. It, it, it's great that as a guitarist, you have that option. So I was still able to play. Um, it's just different, you know, with the pick. And there are a lot of great players that only use the pick. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't, it's it's when you do more classical type playing, nylon string, you can't, it's really hard to do the counterpoint and all the, you know, kind of classical guitar techniques with the pick. I mean, mm -hmm. I tried to, I fake did a fake classical technique, you know, for, for all those years trying to simulate it, but it's just, it's not the same. So I was really grateful when after, finally after the eighth surgery and, you know, five or six more years after that eighth surgery that all of a sudden my, my right hand finger just started to work again. They're not perfect, but wow. it's pretty close. Um, this is almost a 20 year journey between. Yeah. Um, most people would have given up. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I have that that tenacity that I got from my Czechoslovakian uh, grandparents or something. I don't know, but it's a, you think? yeah, maybe, well, my, I don't know what it is, but I just, you know, I think because playing is, it's not just an occupation for me or a hobby. It's, it's really who I am and mm -hmm. what I like, I just couldn't give it up, even though it was frustrating. And, you know, I had to come up with different ways to play. And, you know, there, I, I really kind of shied away from the public eye 
um, when I went to, you know, moved back to New York, mm-hmm. when it got worse with my hand and arm function, I, I um, started doing, you know, I was doing some low key gigs and, you know, like art galleries and restaurants and coffee shops and stuff. And I, I did actually start to do healthcare playing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some great gigs. I was playing for wounded combat veterans at the Bronx VA. Wow. An amazing experience. I mean, those guys, we had guys from World War II, the Korean War, Vietnam War, mm-hmm. all, the, all the recent wars, and um, I even taught guitar lessons to some of them. And that was amazing. And those guys were just mm-hmm. incredible. There was even a guy that, you know, who had had a severe brain injury from IED, and um, he was partially paralyzed, and he used to play the guitar. And I, I tried to mm-hmm. figure out how to help him play. And I, I worked with... Um, Stroke patients at the Burke Rehab Hospital try, you know, people that had played the guitar and after their strokes, I was trying to help them. So it really, you know, my injuries kind of helped me to, um, you know, go into that direction of trying to help people who had injuries themselves. Let's get back to when you first came to Portland. You were uh, playing in a kind of a Pat Martino fusion kind of style, weren't you? Well, yeah, I was doing um, a lot of uh, quartet playing, yeah. most electric guitar, and you know, mostly my original tunes, and you know, doing sounds and things too. But yeah, doing more, um, you know, playing with the piano, bass, drums, and you know, doing more kind of, uh, yeah, sing more single line, mm-hmm. you, you know, melody and improv, you know. Um, and you were louder. <laughs> well, the electric guitar does tend to be louder, I guess. You know? Yeah, but uh, you know, you play like electric guitar on this new album, and, and it's not loud. <laughs> well, it's um, who knows? Not, not like you used to be. Yeah, maybe part of it's the accent. I just you know, yeah, can't play with the oomph that I had, but I have to play a little more gently, you know. <laughs> well, because everybody changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, really. That's true. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's if it's a reflection of your personality and, and your and your life, it's going to be it's going to sound different 20 years, 25 or 30 years later, don't you think? Yeah, that's true. Unless um, you have one big hit. <laughs> which doesn't happen in the jazz world very often. If you have a big hit, then then you have to play that big hit. I asked, I asked Les McCann one time if he was ever tired <laughs> of playing uh, compared to what and he said. No, I'd play it three or four times a set if they wanted me to. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, um, uh, we we haven't gotten to the one of the main points here, which is the album is called Ballad for Brad, and who is Brad? Uh, Brad I, is I my may husband. ask. Brad is my husband. Aha! Um, uh-huh. Where did you meet him? I actually met him in Austin. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, kind of a long story, as you know, I had moved back to New York in 2008. I left Portland, moved to New York, and. Um, you know, I had a lot of different things going on there, which I can talk to you about in a little bit. But um, in 2009, I came back to Texas to attend a family reunion of my Czech family. My father actually grew up in northeast Texas, a small rural town called Ennis, Texas, huh. the polka capital of the United States. Get out of here. Yeah. In fact, uh, well, <laughs> it's another tangent, but I'll, I'll tell, tell you more about that later. But um my dad had, had since he had passed, my mom had passed, and I kind of felt like, you know, I, I I should go to this reunion just 
as a branch of my family to kind of be there. Because I grew up in Denver. Uh-huh. Um, my dad grew up in Texas. Um, he met my mom in Denver at a club for tall people. That's another story. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> my mom is from a uh, farm in uh, South Dakota. My dad from a farm in Texas. And they both ended up in Denver and met at this club for tall people. Anyway, <laughs> so that's where I grew up. But you know, we would go back to Ennis when I was a child to visit my relatives there. My dad came from a family with 10 kids, and all those kids had kids, and all those kids had kids. So I have a million cousins, um, <laughs> four of whom play in an amazing polka band called Check and Then Some. <laughs> Check it out. They have a website, C-A-T-S, Check and Then Some. But anyway, um, I went back, came back to uh, Texas from New York for a week to go to this family reunion. And um, my good friend Susie Stern, the wonderful jazz vocalist who used to live in Portland and on the East Coast again. Anyway, she was living in Austin. She said, you know, why don't you come here and we'll, we'll do a concert at my house um, and we'll have you do like a solo guitar concert. And I was like, well, I was a little hesitant because I, you know, I'd had two surgeries in Portland after the car accident. Yeah. I hadn't not yet had the other six surgeries that I had in New York, but I was still playing with adaptive techniques and everything. And I, I had been mostly doing healthcare playing and hadn't done a lot of stuff in public, but you know, I, she kind of talked me into it. So I agreed after I went to the family reunion in Ennis, I drove to Austin and I played this house concert at Susie's house. Um, Susie's husband is a wonderful pianist and composer. And, um, they had this, you know, the house concert, probably about 20 people there. I was very nervous because, as I mentioned, I, I hadn't played a lot of public concerts since the first two surgeries. Um, and when I got out there to play, I, I looked up and there I saw these legs. They were just these really long legs kind of sticking out <laughs> in the living room there. And I, I looked up and they, they were attached to this wonderful man with these beautiful blue eyes and he sat there and you know he's in the front row i later learned that he was a little bit late so that was the only chair that was left that's why he had to sit up in front um but he's very tall and he has i call him i say he has the longest legs in texas but um so he sat there listening with his eyes closed and his hand over his heart and something about his presence just really calmed me down i was able to play that show um and afterwards you know we talked we had a really beautiful connection we talked and I think I gave him a CD, he bought one, you know, we, we, and then I went back to New York and, um, about a week later I got an email from him saying how much he loved the CDs. And so we kind of started emailing back and forth over a period of months. And then, um, oh gosh, about four months of that, I, um, had the third surgery, third of my eighth surgeries that I, you know, I had the third through eighth surgeries in New York. And he was in, he's a, an amazing writer and journalist. And at that time he was writing for the Austin American Statesman. And he came to New York to do an article on the great journalist, Bill Moyers. Uh-huh. And so I had just had my third surgery. And even though, you know, we had been trading emails and talked on the phone for many, many months, we hadn't seen each other since, you know, I had been at the reunion in uh-huh. October 9 in, 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 uh, you know, in Texas. But anyway, so, um, he was there interviewing Bill and I just had this big surgery on the, the nerve in my elbow. And I had, I was in this giant cast and, um, I was kind of living a little bit North of, of Manhattan. Um, and we had this big snowstorm, big blizzard and, you know, cars couldn't get through. I had the surgery and, you know, I was in the hospital a little bit. I came home, kind of got snowed in and then, you know, Brad was there doing his interview in the midst of all this snow 
and um, we agreed to meet. So our, our first real date was at the Blue Note Jazz Club. Wow. Bill Frizzell <laughs> was playing with uh, Ron, Car- Ron Carter and Paul Motion. Oh, my God. So even though I just had the surgery and I, I was in this giant cast and this foam thing around it, Brad joked, he said, it looked like the Guggenheim. He called <laughs> the Guggenheim Museum wrapped around my arm. I took you know, the trains down in the snow and the ice and I couldn't get a coat on. So I borrowed this Scottish cape from a friend of mine. <laughs> and so we meet at the front of the Blue Note, you know, the line outside before they open up the doors. And here I come with this Scottish cape with this giant foam thing on my arm. <laughs> and I was still a little bit, uh, you know, on a few painkillers. The surgery was pretty intense. And yeah. so yeah. that was our first date. We, we, we sat and listened to Bill and Frizzell and Paul Motion and Ron Carter play this amazing show. Wow. And, um, you know, we we had we we got together a couple of times while he was there. Um, had our first kiss on the subway platform, um, you know, in New York, which is very romantic. Very. And he had to come back to Austin, and then um, you know, I resumed all my stuff. I had you know all my music work, and I was, had more surgeries that year, et cetera. And then I didn't see Brad again for almost a year because his mom um, became ill and. She had to be moved from her house into a living, and he was very involved in that. And we still talked on the phone and email, but I didn't see him for almost a year. And then in December of that year, the same year that you know we had met at the Blue Note, mm-hmm. he was diagnosed with a very aggressive prostate cancer. And it wasn't the slow-growing one that older men get. He was only 54 at that time. It was, wow. it was a very aggressive, um, volatile cancer. And... Um, you know, he, he went to doctors in Texas, Austin, and Houston, you know, to try to figure out the treatment. And being a journalist, he, he and being incredibly intelligent, he did a lot of research on, you know, the parameters of his type of aggressive prostate cancer. He ended up um, going to consults in other states as well. And he came to New York in January of 2011 to um, consult with a doctor at Mount Sinai, Dr. Richard Stock. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just had my... Um, fifth surgery i think so i was in yet another cast and there was another snowstorm and i took the train into manhattan to meet him at the doctor's office and i made him one of my carrot cakes which was really difficult to do mostly one-handed um so i met him in the office of dr stock's practice and um even though we'd known each other for a year and a half that's the day that we consider we became a couple and so I sat with him through the appointment, and um, you know, it was, we were pretty hopeful because his, you know, it's it's a long story. I won't go into all the medical details, but his diagnosis was very serious, and and um, you know, it was it had to be treated in a in the best possible way. And so it, it, he ended up deciding to have his treatment at Mount Sinai with Dr. Stock. And Dr. Stock, by the way, is a huge jazz fan, and um, there's a whole other story within that, but he's become a dear friend of ours. But So Brad came back to New York um, in March, and he had uh, three different modes of treatment over a year, and he stayed with me in my little tiny studio apartment throughout that year while he did his treatment. Um, and uh, then he came back you know, to Austin and to resume his job and so i moved out here in may of 2012 to join him so that's kind of how we that's the story wow. so this and since then he went eight years being cancer free but then the cancer came back again in uh the fall of 2019 and um in between all that you know i i had 
several more surgeries with, with Dr. Lee. Um, you know, I think I'd mentioned when I first came back to um, move back to New York, my I'd had those two surgeries in Portland, but I wasn't sure. I thought I was going to be much better. I was going to be able to resume my career, but my hand and my arm just got worse. So I sought out a doctor in New York, Dr. Steve Lee, who at that time was at, hospital, at um, NYU Hospital. Mm-hmm. And he slowly unraveled everything. He was a guitar player, so he understood it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mentioned all that. So anyway, um, I had, you know, several more surgeries with, with, with Dr. Lee, but um, I had six with him and eight altogether. Yeah. But what you said. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if that part. Okay. Um, but anyway, so it's, it's a long story how we met, but. Um, well, how is it, it now? Well, he's he's doing better, but what, what happened with the CD is that I had planned to record. I had set up two days of recording in Teaneck, New Jersey, in November um, 19th and 20th of 2019. Why and, that garden spot? Well, it's a little less expensive <laughs> than recording in the city, and uh, in, in New York City. And I wanted to record with Harvey S., who I'd met uh-huh. um, when I lived back in New York the second time become a dear friend i just loved his playing i wanted to record with him and with michael serene michael played on my first cd mm-hmm. that i recorded in new york in 1989 the, uh-huh. the with red hirsch but anyway uh-huh. so um you know the, the studios in new jersey are a lot less expensive than the studios in manhattan <laughs> so um we set up to put to do two days of recording you know i had gone out there earlier we had um rehearsed and sadly, we found out the night before I was supposed to go in the studio, we found out that Brad's cancer was back. He'd been cancer-free for eight years. Oh. And um, so we were both devastated, you know, because yeah. he would, we would go back twice a year. He'd be tested, and for eight years, everything was fine. And then we found out it'd come back, and it had spread to different part of his body. So yeah. I had the recording studio set up, the musicians, the engineer, everything, and I... I was a mess, man. Brad and I didn't sleep that night, um, but he really wanted me to try to do it, and... Harvey and Michael Serene really wanted me to try. So I went and I did those two days of recording, um, even though I was a basket case and I was really wiped out. I mean, I did better the second day, the day that we recorded the electric guitar stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, first day, I wasn't really happy with my playing because I was just, you know, sleep deprived and just worried and upset. And so we did the two days of recording. And then the next day, Brad had his big PET scan, which showed where the cancer was. And then we flew back to Austin, and we came back two weeks later, and we spent six weeks in New York while he underwent more radiation treatment to the place it had spread. And during that time, we actually got married um, in New York. We got married at his oncologist's apartment, which really? was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And um, but anyway, that so you know we came back after that, and it was just before COVID hit. We got his treatment just before COVID hit. I mean, it was like we finished his treatment January 31st, I think, of 2020. Wow. By that time, and it was already here, but it hadn't really, you know, it, it really blew up in New York like a couple of weeks later. So we were grateful we were able to get that treatment in. But then, unfortunately, it came back again last year. It spread to two other areas. Um, so we went back to New York again in October. And um, he had more radiation treatment, and that was difficult because he got COVID in the middle of treatment. Oh. Even we were both fully vaccinated. We were really careful. I think he got it from another patient, and we had to pause the treatment. We had to quarantine in the hotel room. So in the midst of all this, you know, I had I had done those those recordings in 2019, but I'd kind of set everything aside. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as Brad was recovering, I, I kind of wanted to be there for him. And it wasn't until, um, I think... 
gosh, early 2020 that I started to listen to everything and um, start to think, well, maybe I could still do something with this. But I still wasn't really happy with my playing on the first day recording, you know, because I had just, we'd just found out about breast cancer coming back the first time. Mm-hmm. So what I did is during that pandemic year, I redid my nylon string work on the, all of the stuff that I'd recorded from the first day. Uh-huh. I, you know, pl- playing with Harvey and Michael's tracks, it was weird. I'd never recorded that way. I'd always done everything live in the studio. But because we had recorded it together live and we had practiced live and there, I think there's still that feeling that we're playing together, you know, because we really, they were really responding to me and, and, um, it, when we did it in real time. So that's the first time I've ever recorded like that. But I did all the stuff with all the electric tunes, the three electric pieces on the CD were, were from that second, actual second day of recording. Huh. I, I didn't redo my parts there, but so I, I did all that. And then, um, you know, last summer I, I finished it and I, um, you know, did the mixing and then um, Brad's cancer came back again, as mm-hmm. I mentioned last year. So um, when we were in New York for his last treatment in October, I was actually proofing the the graphic design work for the CD while we were quarantined in the hotel room. And, um, you know, so somehow, I mean, Brad really wanted me to finish it and it really meant a lot to him for me to finish it, even in the midst of his... Mm-hmm two different recurrences and all the treatment and you know um it took him a long time to recover from this last one i think the double whammy of the radiation and the covid was really hard yeah Um, but you know he's he's doing better i mean in reality the cancer is not considered curable anymore but it's considered treatable Mm -hmm. so we're just doing the best we can you know he's tested every three months and um you know, just trying to keep him as healthy as possible. He's he's very strong. He's very brave. He's a trooper. He's he's actually back to playing with his longtime softball team, the Plagiarists. <laughs> <laughs> playing first base. He hit a couple triples last month. You know, and so Great. we're just taking a day at a time. You know, trying to embrace the beauty of each day and um, knowing that there's no guarantees for anything. But in, in the in the midst of all this, the last three it took me about three years. I. I finally finished the CD, um, just released it in early June. So that's kind of, I went off on about 12 tangents there, but um, Brad is... They were all important. (laughs) And they're all related to things, but he's he's definitely doing better. But, you know, we're still, we know the reality is it's it's probably, you know, going to come back again. But we have the world's greatest doctor and the greatest team, and we're just doing the best we can to keep him you know, as healthy as possible. And, um, and so the CD is actually a tribute to him. That's the title cut is about, about for Brad and it's dedicated to him and our life together. And, um, you know, he's been incredibly supportive of my music and all the time it takes to, you know, he doesn't mind me practicing all the time and, you know, all the time it takes to do a CD and promote a CD and all that. He's completely mm-hmm. understanding. And being a writer, you know, he's, he understands too. Sure. Are you, are you playing live anywhere? I am, you know, I, um, I mean, before COVID, I was doing a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things are still a little bit shut down, you know. I, I was doing a lot of playing in uh, chemotherapy infusion rooms here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Still haven't been able to do that because of COVID. Um, you know, they're still being really careful there. Right. And I'm doing a lot of, um, you know, other healthcare, playing in hospitals and uh, memory care units, and then. Um, in my hand did start to get better 
you know, the last couple of years, I have started to do more public things. I've been, you know, I have restaurant gigs and art galleries and, mm-hmm. you know, private parties and occasionally bars, you know, and, but I have kind of some regular restaurant gigs and art galleries and, um, you know, things are starting to open up. I'm, I'm hoping to, um, or planning to do some trio shows in Austin to celebrate the CD release later this summer. Unfortunately, it's a little hard to get uh, Harvey S. and Michael Serene out here for that. So I'm, they're just some amazing players in, in um, Austin that I'm going to use for that and do some shows here. And then I'm hoping to get back to New York in the fall, too, to do some shows with the gentlemen that are on the CD. And hopefully try to start to travel a little bit more and, and play in clubs and actual more concert settings again. Yeah. yeah. Any Portland players in, in Austin? Um... You know, not that I can think of this. Yeah. Other than, yeah, I, um, so I mean, Su- Susie was here, Susie Stern, but she yeah. um, moved to Los Angeles with her husband about four years ago, and then they just recently moved to Lenox, Massachusetts. Jeez. Her husband has a job teaching at Berkeley. Ah. And, um, and Susie's doing great. I mean, she's singing, she's teaching, she's you know, she's wonderful. So she still comes back to Austin um, quite a bit. One of her daughter, her daughter lives here, and um, she. Um, is the co-director um, of a women's uh, jazz festival called Lulu Fest, which mm-hmm. is started by Peggy Stern, the great jazz pianist, who was one of my teachers at Cornish College of the Arts in uh, uh-huh. Seattle almost 40 years ago. Um, so Peggy lives in Austin now, even though she never lived in Portland, but she's you know she's a, a New Yorker that, that has moved to Austin about seven or eight years ago. Uh-huh. But I think if there's anybody else from Portland here, I don't think so yeah, um yeah. yeah not that i can recall but i yeah. i still try to keep in touch with some of my my portland musician friends and you know i miss it i mean it's i haven't been back since i left I and mean, there's just been so much going on between all my surgeries and yeah. my husband's cancer and treatment yeah. but i hope to get back there sometime soon so i i love all the great musicians in portland and wow. i just was at carol haywood because yesterday was levi vinegar's birthday uh-huh we were trained messages yesterday about Leroy. Leroy was my <laughs> friend and miss him so much. And, you know, and it's so sad. I mean, I, I, I did hear that Carlton Jackson passed away last year and that was very sad. I very was, sad. Yeah. So, so sad to hear about that. He was a great drummer, a great guy. Yep. 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 Well, listen, Margaret, uh, congratulations on getting this album done and uh, keeping your shit together. Cause that's a, <laughs> I don't understand how you do that. Oh, thank you, Tom. But but you uh, you just seem to, you know, Uh, you just uh, there's something that there's something that you got that that uh, whether it's uh, it's your heritage or what, but uh, something keeps you going, and uh, we're glad that the album's out. Oh, thank you, thank you, and I'm I'm still trying to, you know, just take it one day at a time and do the best I can. I mean, the world is, there's so many crazy things going on right now. And it's right. like, I just get so overwhelmed, but I, I feel like music is that thing that kind of keeps us all grounded and sane, you know, it's like, yeah. and for me, playing music does that and, it, you know, doing artwork too. And I'm, I'm yeah. still trying to do some artwork as well, but it's, you know, it's just, um, I think music is the, a unifying force for, everyone you know and so it's i think the music keeps us going through all these difficult times and difficult days you know so well and i really appreciate all of your support over the years tom you've been great ever oh, since sure. well you know, how about music. we go out on the on the ti- on the title tune we'll okay just, that sounds great we'll just Thank- play, the, play the ballad for brad 
Margaret Slovak Trio. Thank you so much for your time, Margaret. It's great to hear your voice again. Thank you, Tom. It's great to hear your voice, too. And thank you so much for having me on your show. And my love to you and everyone in Portland. I miss you guys. Uh, well, we miss you, too. And as we like to say at the end of all these things, that's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.